All right. Amen. Yep. So, what's happened to us, God has given us a knowledge of Him, what we know of God. I don't know much of God. You don't either. But what I know of God this morning has given me a different view on everything. I love the church, love the people of God, love the Bible, love to pray, and those sort of things. And I didn't. So that's the first thing it does. Number two, it will not only instruct you, but it will humble you. Sometimes we have too much arrogance and pride. I do. You may not have that problem. But I get the place sometimes I get too arrogant and so forth. But God will humble us. And uh, He lets us see Him as He is. And when we see Him as He is, then we begin to see ourselves as we are. You can't look at God and, and, uh, you know, think that you're up to par with Him. The more I think that I'm righteous, I get down on my knees and look in the book, and the next thing you know, God just takes all the... uh, all that stuff off of me. Amen. And I see that I'm not where I... I missed the mark. I come short. I don't understand these people believe that you can stay saved. I mean, lose your salvation. And they have to do all... Why they think it? you can even keep all the commandments. You can't. How many of you in here ever have kept all the commandments? How many has ever broke one of them? How many has ever broke two of them? Amen. You see what I'm saying? They broke them all to some degree or another. Many of them, many, many times. Has God ever had to forgive you of anything? Uh, Amen. You think He'll ever have to forgive you again? Sure. Sure. Amen. So what I'm trying to say is, this teaching of God and seeing God as He is, why does He say, can we know God? I mean, why does He ask that question? Why does Job ask that? Because... The more we see God, it will instruct us and it will humble us. Another thing it'll do, it will encourage us. The more I know about God, the more it'll encourage me. I've never studied about God and then got discouraged. He stirs me up. Keeps my joy going. Is that right? That's right. I just appreciate the Lord. The more I know about Him... More excited I get. Yeah, more I want to know of him. That's right. That's the way it works. Huh? Nope. Don't want to try now. Used to I did. <laughs> Used to I didn't want to know more about him. Amen. Bad. It's bad. And most of the world they don't want to know about him. Why is it uh people love singing better than they do preaching? Why is it people uh wants they won't preach it but they want the liberal preaching? Because it don't stir them up. Yeah, that's right. Not only will it encourage us, and uh, you think about all the awesome attributes of God, we're going to study about them, that uh, He'll just stir us up with what we know. But the last thing, He, he not only will instruct us and humble us and encourage us through what we know of Him, but it will mold us. I wouldn't give you 10 cents for anything, uh, I mean, for what people know about God if it don't mold their character. Just take an old drunk, for instance, and he gets saved by the grace of God, and he quits that junk. 
What's God doing? He's molding his character. Amen. God made a difference in all of us that's been saved in this building. And he'd make a difference in the rest of us. We'd just let him have our soul. Amen. If there's any here like that. Now, I want to switch gears just a little bit and and uh, look at this. And we want to talk about uh, what the theology of God or the study of God uh, has to do with personal with God's personal experience existence I should say start to say experience but God's personal existence what does uh, theology let's just talk about it what the, the re, I guess I'll sum it up is the reality of God by doing that I'm going to tell you people who are you're walking on this earth with rubbing shoulders with every day uh, you're having to put up with tolerate uh, all the time one is atheism. You know what atheism is. There's two verses of scripture in the Bible. One is Psalm 14, 1. You know, it tells us over there that the fool has said in his heart, there's no God. But there is a God. When I was a boy, I heard of atheists like uh, Madeline Merrill O'Hara, Tom Paine, some of those, you remember... You hear them occasionally. Somebody pop up and say they're atheists. But did you know when I looked this up, 4% of the people in, a, in this country are atheists. In, in uh, a few years, huh? That's a small crowd. Well, that's a small crowd. It's a lot when you but listen, it's doubled in the last two or three years. So atheism is coming in fast. An atheist is somebody who denies the very existence of God. There is no God. When uh, uh, I was in Atlanta, pastoring a church down there, they come out with a very popular song. It's very popular to some people. It wasn't me, but they kept, God is dead. You remember the song? God is dead. God is dead. They preached that and taught that. A lot of people did. Of course, it was a Christian song, and it was denying the fact that they denied God. Uh, actually, actually, what it's come across as saying was God is not dead. And that's what the song was sung. God is not dead. Well, our choir sung that. And uh, it was refuting what they were saying. But we get people in our country that believed that there's no God. And uh, I, I run a statistic on that. And it said, these who who were mainly atheists, not all of them, but mostly are men. And mostly are young men. I guess you get a little age on you, know about it. Four in ten of these atheists have a college degree. So it appears that the smarter you get, the dumber you are. Yeah, they do. And they also said that mostly of them, most of them are white and highly educated. And, uh, and they also said that most of them are of the Democratic Party or the political liberals. And that kind of makes me think about even in the independent Baptist churches, 
people like the uh, liberal independents. Flesh likes that. Don't like to be told what to do and what's wrong. And it says that they seldom never pray. And I understand that. Ain't got nobody to pray to. What do you do with a Catholic who's done dressed up, laid in a casket, and ain't got nowhere to go? (laughs) He does, but (laughs) but he don't understand that. Or an atheist that's in, you know, they always are uncertain. Atheists are uncertain about everything. Then there's another group that comes right down. This is the, that's about as far down as you can go, this atheist being saying that there's no God. There is no God, period. Now when they say that, they're atheists and they're dangerous. Because they'll, everything that live with and teach with and all that stuff, they're trying to teach the philosophy that there is no God. Yep. That's where we come to in our society. If you'll stop and think about it, everything that's going on in society can be pinpointed with the Word of God. Yeah. I'll show this a little bit in this little subject part of it today. Uh, they want to see people think that they can save themselves. They think it can. Right now, our country is trying to get to places, and I've heard several talk about it, that we want to get to a place of utopia. That we're going to keep improving the school system. We're going to keep improving uh, all this. That we're going to come out to be a, a, a choice nation or a people. That's why our president has said we're going to build back better. They're looking for that. There's people that are looking for a utopia. A utopia is where there's perfect peace. No problems. They're looking for no war situations. But yet they're promoting it. You understand what I'm saying is coming down to all this. But they think one of these days they're going to get rid of you and me. And that's what this this IRS stuff is coming out about. They shut the churches down and the preachers down. And you don't hear any truth anymore. Go to Russia and China and them places and stand up on the street corner and preach Christ Jesus. They'll shoot you or you'll be in jail the rest of your life. And that's what they're wanting in America. We're working to that one world system. Socialism. Uh, Somebody said, get off the politics. We will. But I don't see how and where you can do it. I'm seeing it before my very eyes. I never would have believed I'd preach what I preach now 25 years ago. I didn't think I'd ever see this nation go... I did read back then that it was there, and I said it's going to get bad and worse, and I preached it for years. But now I woke up and found out we're there. People out in the public that don't even know God knows it's there. Amen. So we're going a little bit further on this. We'll look at the next little... uh, We just talked about the atheist. Let's talk about the next one we got in our country it's called agnosticism and if you teach agnosticism you are an agnostic and I hear people tell me that they're agnostic but if they don't tell me that's what they are I'll listen to them a few minutes and I know that's what they are so what's an agnostic uh, an atheist denies the existence of God 
But an agnostic is somebody that's unsure that there is a God or, uh, you know, and, and that you can't prove it. They have no proof. You can't prove that there's a God. There might be one. You might be right. But show me where God exists. And you can show them all the time that you want to. And God's got ways of showing us. We'll talk about them a little bit. But guess what? Just because you can't show them, they'll believe that you don't. That you, there's no such a thing. They'll say that nothing is known or can be known. There's no absolutes. There's nothing that you can have for proof that God is real. They say that 5% of the people in our country believe that. There's more agnostics than there are atheists. So when you go into the grocery store, you're dealing with people who don't believe in a God or you can't prove there's a God. You see where our nation's running? I'm going to speed this up a little bit. The next uh, one we deal with and have to see it every day is called skepticism. A skepticism, when it believes that, is called a skeptic. Amen. You may call them something else, but uh, skeptics. I even believe I've seen some partial skeptics in our churches. Uh, Preachers can be skeptics sometimes. All of us are skeptic in some areas. A skeptic is someone who's always a doubting. Have you ever doubted the Word of God? Uh, have you ever argued with the Word of God? I don't believe that's what He means. I don't believe that's what God's saying. You're a skeptic. He puts it in black and white and you say, I'm not sure about that. I don't have no problem doing it. I don't have no problem not doing it. You're a skeptic. God put it in the book. You got. He's always one, or she is one who's always questioning God. Why did God say that? Why does God want us not to have this or do that? What's wrong with the lottery? I don't see nothing wrong with it. See what I'm saying? I went to the place of business yesterday and Went and get me something to eat and I walked down the line. This fellow sitting over at the table and he's always, he's a skeptic for sure. And he said to me, and his daddy was a Baptist, not a Baptist, but a preacher. He's a Church of God preacher. Maybe that's what's wrong with him. But anyhow, he, he was sitting there and he said to me, he said, uh, I said, how are you doing today? He said, well, I'd be doing better if I'd have won the lottery. And I said, well, I didn't know that. Uh, drawing any numbers today. He said, ah, they are. I can't. And I said, I don't know nothing about it and walked off. I I ain't going to argue with him. But he's questioning things. The Bible's uh, meaning is not counted real. And many times they insert their own opinions and their own imaginations. Have you ever done that to God? I don't believe that's what God's saying. I don't know why God would say that. Amen. I can give you a half a dozen things right here this morning that would turn your world upside down a little bit. But I want to finish this lesson. I don't want you sitting there being mad at me. So, Amen. You already know them. You probably done picked them out a little bit as I went by. Holy Spirit done it for you. But we got that skeptics. 
Then we got other beliefs. There's people who are involved in what I call or what they call pantheism. I'll spell that for you. P-A-N-T-H-E-I-S-M. The theism is, a, is, is the study of God, you know, and a, a worship of God, loving God. So we got pantheist in our nation. Now, a pantheist is somebody who believes everything is God and God is everything. God is in all and all is in God. That's why they hug trees every day. You see where we're coming from? And we're living shoulder to shoulder with people that believe these things. They're your nat- naturalists. Now, God forgive me if I'm off the line and everything and I'm not trying to say anything, but these people's got to hike and go on trails and all that stuff. All that stuff. That's a bunch of foolishness to me. Say, I'm a naturalist. I'm a, na- I, a naturalist. I get out. Oh, Nature. Hip, huh? Nature. Nature lover or whatever you want to call it. That's fine. If that's all you got to do, help yourself. But I'm not running no trails and running no... I'm in a race I'm in now and I like it. Help yourself. I agree with that. I mean, I understand where you come from on that. But that's just not my thing. I don't believe God put it out there. I know what's out there. <laughs> I, this fella, I, I sat down with this fella in a restaurant up here, I guess four or five years ago. I'm sure he's dead now. He lived in Florida. And he come in and he said, you know, I want to show you these pictures. I took them. He is going up into uh, Rayburn and all those places. And he is taking nature, nature pictures. He is taking every falls. He showed this falls and how to get there to it and all this he was obsessed with that. Well, I count him in this crowd of a pantheon. He was more... Listen, it's not nature's pretty. I agree with you. I see pretty pictures. I have no problem with that. Hang them on the wall. Enjoy them. But these people go to the place of worshiping them. Why would you want to hug a tree? I've done that getting out of a car. <laughs> I understand that. Don't don't I think you're trying to push what I'm saying too. These people are at the place of pantheism. They're worshiping what they have. If uh, nature Natural things are pretty. Enjoy them. You should. God said it's his handiwork. That's good. But I'm talking about these people who are, they love that. They wouldn't go to church. They wouldn't talk about God. They wouldn't look at the Bible. You couldn't tell them about Jesus. They don't want to hear nothing of that. I just hug trees. You understand that? Now you're running through the world trying to be a Christian saved by the grace of God and you're uh, pushing the buggy beside somebody that's a pantheist. They're nature lovers. They'd rather be, they'd rather be out camping or out running a, a trail or get on the Appalachian Trail or all some kind of trail and uh, hiking. They go hiking. 
They'd rather do that is go to hell of the house of God. That's wrong. I've gone and I've walked and seen falls, different kind of falls, waterfalls. I've gone and seen all that. I've, I've been to some of these places. But I said, praise God, that's pretty. But I didn't put that above God. These pantheists do. That's not your church. Huh? That's not your church. No, it's not. That's not where you go to worship. That's right. That's kind of the aspect that they have. That's right. That's the that's what they do. That's where they that's where they worship. That's what they do. They wor- see they're not worshiping God, they're worshiping creatures. So hey, I read Romans chapter one, they serve the creature more than the creator. Remember? That's where our society is today. They worship their dogs, their cats, their cow, their calf, their lamb, their donkey, whatever, their car. Understand? Material things. It's probably also a, a sense that uh, what they're doing is what they should be doing or is the right way because they get a connection from it. They get That's something right. out of it. So it's probably worse in a sense because... Well, yeah, yeah, you'll know, get it from outside. Yeah, that's right. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't exist. They say, "Oh, yeah," and I'm not always I'm making a connection. Yeah. Well, these people is always talking about animals and PETA and all that stuff. That's what they are. They're pantheist. So Amen. It gives them a piece of some kind. Yeah, gives them a satisfaction in their heart that they're doing something that's right and real. They can, what do you call it? Um, what do you do when you? I uh, can't get the word, but it's uh, they connect, like he said. Yeah, they uh, they they connect. Spoke about a couple weeks ago. That's deception. Yep. 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 Another way of. But see. Um, before we start this lesson, you probably hadn't stopped to think about your rubbing shoulders with atheists, agnostics, pantheists, uh, um, skeptics. Not everywhere you go, they're there. Mm-hmm. I was called yesterday, talking to somebody. He said, "If Jesus existed, babies wouldn't have cancer." Okay. I didn't have any more time to speak with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're blaming God for everything too. For the, you know. Right, I I'm sure I'll see it. I'm sure I'll see it again. Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, the problem with that is, if Satan didn't exist, you wouldn't have it. And sin didn't exist. Sin is the fall. You know, man fell, and because of sin, it's not God is getting. He he's getting blamed for it, but he's not the author of it. It's sin. Everything we got facing today is because of sin and because of the fall. They're looking at the wrong thing. But see, they throw the Bible away. You throw the Bible away, that's it. And their parents. And their parents. <laughs> All goes back. It says even down to the fourth and fifth generation, the Bible says, sometimes. Well, you understand what I'm saying when I say pantheism? It's not enjoying the beauty. That's no problem with that. It's further, deeper. Matter of fact, we went one time and seen a falls, and I looked at that. We had to go through, I guess it's over in Tennessee, 
Chattanooga, I guess. What is that? Ruby, Ruby Falls. Ruby Falls. I guess that. Uh, we went right down through there, through all them rocks, and went through that. Uh, you know, that didn't excite me. Enough. But that falls was pretty. I, yeah, yeah, that's right. And on top of that, I, you know, I ain't never worshipped it. I don't never think of it, but every once in a while. <laughs> but yeah, what hits me is these falls coming off the top of a mountain. They're pretty. They're pretty. That fella showed me all these pictures, but see that fella. That's all he did. He spent his time up here with a camera, going here and there, and he took pictures. Matter of fact, he tried to. He, he put a, took a lot of pictures and even entered into the contest to see if he was going to get picture of the year that goes in their calendar. And why well, ain't got time for that? All right. The next one is we deal with these two. It's called polytheism. Poly. Poly. Now the word poly means many. P-O-L-Y-T-H-E-I-S-M. It's uh, polytheism. The worship, if you want to look at it, it's the worship of many gods. Not just one god, but many gods. And they say that there's many gods that exist. You've seen that through the Indians. They had the sun god, the moon god. We find it in the book of Acts, the Mars Hill. They had a, I had a, a you know, image to all the different gods. And they had an image even to the unknown god. Just in case they missed one. They're polytheist. We've got people in... Well, you want to believe it? See, the thing is, people don't recognize that that's out there. You're rubbing shoulders with this stuff every day. You don't know that because you don't have a conversation with them. You start talking about Jesus and the Lord and the grace of God and salvation and the blood of Christ and the church and redemption and going to heaven and uh, missing hell and all that. And they just look at you and say, well, i got a different concept and sometimes they won't engage with you because they don't want to. Uh, they don't know enough about what they even know to argue with you. And most of the time, the saints of God don't know enough even to argue with them about it. And I don't think we ought to argue anyhow, but state the facts. Just a feller told me the other day. He said to me yesterday. He said, "Well, you're judging." I said, "No, I'm not. I'm preaching." I said, "I call no name. I didn't lay. Didn't." didn't expose nobody I just told what the word said that's preaching you see what I'm saying that's what happened is yeah that's what he's doing uh, he wasn't comfortable so polytheism that's what it is they believe uh, you know they believe in nature worship again going back to the other but sun moon Cars, polytheism. Got many gods. I got many gods. Even those that believe in one God, it's sometimes not the God we know. So polytheism. Then you've got here's a new one you probably had never heard of. I've heard of it. It's called henotheism. H e n o t h e i s m. Henotheism. Now. H-E-N-O Theism T-H-E-I-S-M And uh, that means that they have one God in their life that they've selected to worship. And uh, 
they always are talking about, well, my God's better than your God. You ever heard people compare gods that they got? They may not call them just that they're a god, but they'll say, well, my car is better than your car because they're worshiping automobiles. You see that? Those things, right? That is a, a religious thing. Now, you know, my car may be better than yours, and yours might be better than mine. Because you might have got a lemon and I didn't, or I might have got a lemon and you didn't. But you, I don't worship no vehicle or nothing else. I have one time. God took it from me. You, some of y'all look at me like you think, ain't nobody going to worship their car. They do. Huh? Wash it. Wash it. Yeah. They look at me out there. Our truck's been washed one time since I've had it two years. And uh, my brother washed it then. And I thought, I don't worship a thing. Yeah. I do too, but I do too. But I've, uh, when he is washing, I tried to help him a little bit. I just don't. This ain't my bag. I drive it through a car wash before I do that. But anyhow, uh, they they'll start bragging about it. Well, I got this God, and uh, you know my, they they start bragging about gods. Actually, gods, not cars, but gods. You know, the Hindu. His God's better to him than uh, Jehovah's Witness God. You see what I'm saying? That's why they're there. Why is somebody? Why we have different denominations? Why we have different people believes uh, in different gods? Because their God is better than the other. They, they pick the best. Well, let me tell you, Jesus Christ is the only. He's not the best. He's the only. Right? So you get all this stuff, and it kind of helps you. You're rubbing shoulders with these. Everything. Then they got what to call dualism. D-U-A-L-I-S-M. Dual means two. Like a duet, that's two people singing. Uh, dual means two. And what they teach is that there's two gods that exist, two. And these are people, and I've, I've met some of these, they believe there's two forces in the world. I believe there's two forces in the world. And they say both of those are gods. But there's not but one God, and that's God, our God that created. But the Bible calls it, of the other one is the other force, and he's the God of the world. You know, and uh, he's the God of evil. You see what I'm saying? And so they, they think, well, there's two. To, you can pick one you want. You can pick God or you can pick the devil. You can run either way you want to. And they're right. You can. Many do. But it ain't always strange that they'll always pick the one on their own. Is the God of this age, the God of this world, the devil? What is it more prone to in the life of you if it wasn't for Christ already coming in your heart and you wasn't saved? Wouldn't it be easier for you to fall after the God of this age, the God of this world, Satan? It was, wasn't it? Before we got saved, it was easier to fall to Satan. Yep. So you see where we are? We're in a, 
people, the reason they do the things that they do is because they're following the God of this age. The God of this world hath blinded their minds that they cannot see the glorious gospel. 1 Corinthians 4, 4. And they're lost without God because of it. So what I'm trying to tell you this morning is we've got what they call dualism. Now we're going to get down. We, these or none of these is anything I believe. And one of these, I'm not a pantheist. I'm not a dualist. I'm not uh, a skeptic. Uh, none of these I've done talk to you about this morning. Uh, I may lean, some of my actions may lean to some of that sometimes, but I, I am not in favor of any of that. Then we have what we call uh, uh, tritheism, T-R-I, T-H-E-I-S-M. That's the worship of three gods. You said, oh, that must be getting about where we are. No, no. They say that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is three gods. And all of them are separate, and all of them are different. And I don't know of a Bible that you can pick up unless these uh, perversions they've got that even hint toward that. I can't find where God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Ghost are separate and at the same time different in everything they do. They're the same. And then we got what we see so much of in our country right now, idolatry. That's idol worship. They worship objects. They, we, they call them things, relics, and people. People are even worshipped in this. Idolatry, people, objects. You can make anything in your life an idol if you put it before God. You think more of it. Amen. That's why God needs to be put number one in our life and everything else falls in its place. It could be a home you live in. It could be a car you drive. It could be a job you have. It could be um, anything. A possession. It could be a person. These people worship people. Look at these young folks who are worshiping these um, um, singers. Movie stars. Movie stars. They worship them. Amen. The old home place, sometimes people worship things like that, you know. And all them things. You know, they, they love all that stuff. So I'm trying to rush on and get them then we got what we call deism, D-E-I-S-M. You didn't know you was running shoulders to every one of these folks, did you? Every day. That's why the world's so mixed up. But you need to recognize deism. Now, deism believes that there is a creator who is a higher power who made the universe. And after he made it, he abandoned it. And he, he's like, uh, you know, he's, he uses the world as like a, a clock and wound it up 
and then walked off and let it run down. Man took it over. That's, these people believe stuff like that. Yep. Well, who would believe today common sense people to believe that we were uh, come from evolution? That's a hard thing. It to me is simpler and easier to understand creation than it is evolution. Yeah. Amen. See what I'm saying? So we see all that. Then uh, the next three, you're going to count yourself in these if you're saved. It's called theism. T-H-E-I-S-M. Theism means that there's a personal God who exists, who is greater than all, and He's the creator and the sustainer of the universe who cares for it and is involved in it and is distinct from it completely. God is not the world. He's God, but He's the creator of the world. All right, I'll give it to you. He's a personal God who exists, who is the creator and the sustainer of all the universe. Right? He also cares for the universe. He's concerned about it. And he's involved in the universe. Spring, summer, winter, fall. Rains that don't rain. He takes care of it. But he's distinct from it. He is not the world. He's not anything, not any created part of the world. He's just the creator of it. He ain't a tree that you hug. <laughs> Amen. Then we have, and now we are part of that. We believe in one God, right? Then there's the next one. It's called monotheism. M-O-N-O. Mono means one. Monotheism. That means that there's only one God who exists. There's no other gods. And the next one is another one that we're involved in. It's, they call it Trinitarianism. That's the big words. You don't ever hear me say, saying those words. I don't, you know, I just don't like them big words. I like to break them down. T-R-I-N-I. T-A-R-I-A-N I-S-M T-R-I-N I That's Trina T-A-R I-O-N And then put an ism on the end of it That's why you hear me say I'm, I'm a Trinitarian Trinitarian or Trinitarianism is that we believe that there's one God and He is manifested in three persons or revealed in three persons. 
the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's a triune being. The reason we call ourselves, uh, call God a triune Godhead. All three of those people, all three of those persons, as we all say, agree on everything. Never disagree on anything. Somebody said, I still don't know much more about God than I did in the come. I hope you do. But God has revealed Himself to mankind by three basic methods. There's three methods God uses to teach me and tell me about Him. Number one is there is a natural revelation. Natural revelation. That natural revelation uh, sometimes is called a general revelation. That natural revelation is through creation. You can look at the world and all the beauty and what y'all was talking about a while ago and tell that somebody had to make that. It didn't just pop. It wasn't just a big splatter. It wasn't what they call a big bang theory. That's right. That is right. Scripture, I'll give you the scriptures. Romans chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. And I'll read them to you. Romans 1.19 Because that which may be known of God is manifest that means shown, revealed in them for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and there's that word Godhead, so that they are without excuse. If nobody's there, somebody said, What happens to the heathens in foreign lands that never hear the gospel? They never hear the gospel? What happens to them? Well, if they don't get saved, and they might not hear the gospel, if they don't get saved in that, they're going to go to hell. There's no other way. Somebody said, what about somebody that's never heard a preacher preach? The Bible says they're without excuse because the eternal Godhead, He's declared it. Any heathen ought to be able to look up and see that this world didn't get here like that. God gives man that much knowledge except for those who have a mental problem. And they're protected. There's people who can't comprehend nothing. They've got a problem with their mind. Mm-hmm. Those are, I, I count them as like children that's never come to the age of accountability. They're protected. Understand that? That's why all these little, and they don't have mental problems, but that's why all these has been aborted, aborted babies. They're probably the safest people in the world for going to heaven. 
and one of them has gone to heaven. Abortion populates heaven in that sense. It's wrong. It's taking life. You understand? But people that have never heard the gospel will go to hell. Because they've got one thing here that God has given every man, and that is the eternal creation is out there. All the beauties and the things. Who done that? How'd it get done? Somebody had to do it. I'm not going to be ignorant enough to believe it this morning. It just popped up one day. God's had His hand on creation since day one. Alright, the second thing that God has used is not only creation, but He uses human consciousness. We have a conscience. Did you know you had a conscience? Amen. It'll go to work on you sometimes. Amen. You think you don't have one, but you got a conscience. Somebody thinks you're a bit too, too weird and too mean, and uh, you you're gonna. But you got a conscience. I'm gonna get us a stopping place here, and we'll stop a minute. Go to Second Timothy chapter three. Second Timothy chapter three. Make sure you write these down. The Bible said in Second uh, Timothy chapter three verse sixteen, all Scripture. Amen. Amen. Look at it. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is proper for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. God's put a conscience on the inside of us. And He reveals it to us through our conscience. What was that? 316. Talks about the scriptures, which we're going to continue to do, and uh, that that method is through you know conscience uh, and creation. God uses conscience and creation to touch us, and then He uses another one, and it's called the scriptures that I just read here. The scriptures never take this down as a as a thought to your mind, and never leave it. Scriptures never try to prove that there is a God. Nowhere does your Bible prove, try to prove to you there's a God. God just states it. We're not to argue with that. Preachers are not to try to argue with people and prove to them that God exists. Conscience, nature itself, and the Scriptures. Just taking those three things right there will show you there's a God in heaven. You won't get a monkey out of either three of these. Evolution won't pop up in any of these. All right? God's existence is just declared, preached, and is to be accepted. Right? All right, I'm going to stop.